From where we sit, I have the perfect view of Shady Ben Foley, dining on the other side of the lavishly decorated Mongolian restaurant. He's with an innocent-looking couple, a pretty girl with dark ringlets and a wholesome blonde country boy fellow. Do they not get what he is? The last time I saw Foley was maybe fifteen years ago. I was a teen, and he was a middle-aged man in drawstring pants, mowing his lawn and ripping off my family. He's grown paler and thicker, but I recognized his sharp little nose and peering eyes the instant I saw him out on the street. My boyfriend, Cubby, pulls a hunk of meat off his skewer. He's been a good sport, letting me drag him here to basically stalk a man. He smiles, all dimples and short blonde curls. Kebabs is weird food, he says. Definitely. Cubby glances over his shoulder. Maybe he's reformed. A man like Foley doesn't reform. I glare across the room. Judging from his victim's body language, Shady Ben has maneuvered himself into a power position. Con men are experts at that. I have to warn them. And this is when I feel it. The sensation of prickles raining over my scalp, followed by a suspicious twinge in my head. No, I think, please let it not be happening right now. Justine, is something wrong? I put down my napkin. I have to say something. It's not your job to save them, he says, but I have to try. A wave of wooziness suggests my blood pressure's dropping. It really is happening, I think, with some shock. My condition, known as vein star syndrome, is the proverbial ticking time bomb in the head. Once you're past the point of vascular rupture, no medical attention can save you. This strange clarity comes over me, and I decide not to tell Cubby. If these really are my last minutes, I want to spend them warning these two innocent people, like I wished somebody had warned my family. I stand and stroll deliberately across the expanse of candlelit tables and oriental rugs. Hopefully it's not too late. Time slows as I round one table and then the next. Details take on a dreamlike aura, the snake charmer music, the scents of curry and cinnamon, the painted horse heads and bejeweled scabbards along the walls. I come up behind the empty fourth chair at their table, gripping the back for support. Ben Foley, I say. Remember me? Justine from Pembroke Pines? I can practically feel the blood cascading through my head. Foley gives me this blank look, then exchanges bewildered glances with his young friends. Don't act like it's not you. I take a centering breath to slow my heart rate, thereby extending my precious minutes of consciousness. That's the sort of thing Mom would have suggested. I'm sorry, he says. I'm not Ben Foley. I turn to Foley's companions, who regard me with suspicion. Around fifteen years ago, your pal here, I enunciate his name with oomph, Mr. Ben Foley, swindled my dad. He gained his trust, then robbed him. Whatever you have going with him, stop it. Don't trust him. Shady Ben has been shaking his head vigorously this whole time. I'm sorry, you have the wrong guy. I don't have the wrong guy. The pinpoint sensation at the crown of my head increases. How much time do I have? Ringlet's girl shifts nearer to Foley as if to protect him. Can she not see I'm trying to help her?
My name is David Delfino, Foley says. You want to see my driver's license? As if that would prove anything. They all seem to be focusing on something behind me, and I turn to see a tall, strikingly handsome man approach. There's a molten quality to his movements, like a leopard walking loose. His hair, the brownish red of an old penny, curls down over his ears, but the oddest thing is the look he gives me. I'm medium pretty, and this is not a look you give a medium pretty girl. It's almost like he beholds me, full of awe, as if there's something miraculous about my appearance. What does he see? I've heard of people looking beatific in their last moments of life. Is that it? My pulse elevates. The whooshing in my ears is nearly deafening. But then again, nobody else seems to think I look beatific. I decide he must have a high-cap mutation of some sort. He's a high-cap telepath or maybe a high-cap medical intuitionist who sees what's happening. Not like that could help me now. Cubby doesn't believe in high-caps, but I do. I just wouldn't trust one. Briefly, the man tears his attention away from me and addresses the table. Everything okay here? He's the manager. Maybe the owner. Case of mistaken identity. Fully crows. My entire scalp tingles. Save yourselves, I tell Foley's victims. Surely I read the situation, right? Surely they're victims. I turn back to the restaurateur, whom I still appear to have in my thrall. Don't worry, I won't bother anyone anymore.